0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Joined now by Kevin McPherson. He's known as HoopScoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Man, how boring it's been lately, Kevin. No incoming players, no departures. Man, it's boring right now. Well, you might have gotten bored a little bit this time
1: last year. (laughs) Then, out of the blue, came Ricky Council the Fourth. And that happened a few weeks after that that, just that flurry of landing all those big men the Mitchell Twins, uh, Trevin Brazil, and Jalen Graham. And so, those kind of all happened within a week, close to when the season ended. And then there was a bit of a wait. And then later, Ricky Council the Fourth was, was, you know, the, the final the last of those five portal transfer get gets that Nelson had in that 2022 class after signing six high schools you know seniors so obviously we don't think this is going to end up being as big of a class uh, I've been saying for a while that you know the you know five at least five maybe the low end would be four the high end six I still think Arkansas is going to identify and get another player at some point. It has been quiet. I was told it would be quiet through the weekend, and it was, and it might be quiet all week long, but things are fluid, guys, and they change quickly. Um, but we might we might have a few more days of, of not hearing anything, or if, if something picks up, it might be sooner rather than later. I do think Arkansas is going to add another piece. Right now they have a, a, a spot open. When Jordan Walsh came out and announced for the NBA draft last week, Arkansas was at the number after L. Ellis had committed. That was the final of those five portal commits to this point. And so shortly after that, it was Walsh into the NBA draft, and that opened up a spot. So Arkansas, if you're you're thinking about guys like Brazil, Makai Mitchell, Jalen Graham, uh, uh, Darian Ford, and Joseph Pinion, those are five players right now the way we see it that are returning 13 scholarships, so that's eight, if you subtract five, who we think right now are returning from 13, that leaves eight. Between Portal, five players. Keon Minifield, Jr., um, Trayman Mark, Khalif Battle, Jeremiah Davenport, and the L. Ellis we just talked about, that's five from the portal, and you have two high school signees in Leyden Blocker and Bay Falls. So you add those together, that seven plus the five is 12. We know they can have 13 on scholarships. So I know it confuses people Hmm. because guys like Devo Davis and Walsh have announced for the draft, entered the draft, but they're leaving the door cracked. But you don't count those scholarships and you don't recruit as though those guys are coming back. You deal with it later if they decide to turn around and come back. Um, But right now, Arkansas has
0: got a spot open. Kevin, have you heard any kind of timeline on when either Devo or Jordan Walsh will make up their mind
1: that's the tricky thing because they have until 11:59 p.m central time on may 31st so effectively a minute before midnight rolling into june 1st that's the deadline to withdraw from the draft if you have college eligibility remaining and you've maintained your college uh, playing status then that's the deadline there are other deadlines for instance i think may 11th is the deadline for players who want to be first-time transfers to get into the portal and be able to transfer with with, maintaining immediate eligibility to play the following season. Uh, So it gets a little bit dicey because if Arkansas fills up, I mean, even if they don't add a player now with one open, if both of those guys decided they wanted to come back, they'd still have a numbers problem in a few weeks whenever they decide. So when you ask about timelines, Randy, they're only, the only timeline they really have is the one that the NBA poses. I think Arkansas, you know, will let them go through their process. The Razorbacks coaching staff would welcome either one or both back. Um, but again, that could be an issue when when you look at numbers a little bit later. I've been saying for a while. I personally don't believe either one of them are more most likely to return. But we talk about how fluid things are. When you know, once they start to get some of their feedback, they may not feel as good about what their prospects are to be drafted or other things they might be looking at as they did a week or so ago depends on who all they've been talking to and they may change their mind right now I'd say both are probably going to stay in but we'll see if that could change
0: well Kevin there is and I've got it highlighted so I'm adding these two names to that same deadline Um, in fact I'll just go ahead and give you Deuce's question from our Asher record service company life in feedback Deuce says I think there is a couple of transfers that have their name in the draft. What are their chances they stay in the draft? And that you're speaking about, Tremont Mark and L. Ellis. Both of those are testing the NBA waters,
1: as is Khalif Donald. So it's actually three.
0: Ah. Um, I don't have but him the down there. The interesting
1: thing about this, guys, is, and we've seen this in the past, Jenny Witt Jr. did this as did Justin Smith. In fact, Justin Smith was already on campus. He'd already moved to Arkansas, and he still had his name in the draft. So the difference between these guys and what Devo and Jordan have done, not only did they enter the draft, but they also got in the portal and committed to another school. So it tells you they're most likely, unless something happens and and they really move the needle as a draft prospect, more than likely they're going to be at Arkansas. Um, You know, they're going to end up sticking with the, the transfer but well, I guess we'll find out but in the past when this has happened I mean Justin Smith I think waited till the last day that he could to pull out of the draft and like I said he'd already been on Arkansas's campus signed his huh. financial aid agreement so I'm not sure how he you know I don't know you know uh because until you withdraw you can't technically be um on scholarships I don't know how they work that out but Uh, Arkansas has gone through this before, and I think, again, the difference being with these guys, not only did they go in the draft, they also got in the portal and obviously committed elsewhere, which was Arkansas. So, obviously, the the numbers will probably work out where uh, all three of those guys will be Razorbacks, but we'll see.
0: Donnie, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Kevin.
1: Uh, Yes, sir. It's about the college eligibility. Uh, remaining when they declare for the NBA draft. It used to be I thought the rule was you couldn't have an agent at that point. But now with the NIL deals, where they are, I would think these guys have someone representing them for that. How does that work? I'll take the answer off there. Thank you, Donnie. No, that's a great question. So NIL is separate, separate from, from representation for the NBA. Well, let's lose Nick Smith Jr. as an example. Clutch Sports was his NIL, NIL representative. Well, that's the most, if not the most powerful agency for NBA player representation right now. So you probably get some, some benefit from that. Uh, and then, you know, the rules are the rules. So however they go about that. But for some guys, yeah, their NIL uh, representation probably serves them well looking at their options moving forward. They're, they're, nowadays, and it was either a, a couple of years ago, I believe, where they built in a rule where you could hire an agent and still be eligible, but they had to be an approved off approved agent list. The, the funny thing about that is a lot of those agents that get approved on the NCAA's approved list are just not very experienced because most of the experienced agencies yeah. are not going to spend a lot of time with someone who's may, not going to be fully in. Um, And so it's a little bit dicey there because you you could hire an agent, but they may not be the best agent for you if if you're really going to leave, if you're really considering coming back to school. So most of that stuff, even though technically there are certain options to hire an agent and stay eligible, most of those are are pretty inexperienced agents from what I have been told by other agencies and NBA scouts. So that's my understanding on that. It's clear as mud, right? But yeah, so. (laughs) In theory, you could hire some agents and and maintain your eligibility, but if you're hiring an agent, at that point, what you're really doing is trying to find a a place to play professional basketball, and you're more than likely not serious about coming back to school, so I think a lot of these young men maybe get advice somewhere, if not formally, if they're maybe not formally hiring an agent, but a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes, under the table, stuff like that, so uh, if if it doesn't see the light of day, who who knows for the better, but... Um, you know, again, if, if you look at Nelson and his track record at Arkansas, players that played for him at Arkansas that put their name in the portal and tested the waters, every single one of them without fail, has stayed in the, in the draft. They've not returned. Isaiah Joe was the lone exception. He came back, I think, for 10 days, and that was during COVID. And there was a lot of uncertainty about college athletics moving forward that year. And so he went right back into the draft. He had a, a, they had an extended COVID deadline to get back in that year, and he got back in. And so no player under Mulsman that's played at Arkansas for him that's gone into testing waters has come back. Um, And so that doesn't mean that that can't change this year with either Walsh and or Devo. I personally think, as it is now, they probably won't come back. But that thinking could change. And if they've truly left the door open and maintained their eligibility, it's a possibility.
0: We have Savage. Savage, if we run you into the break, we'll put you on hold. Good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Kevin.
1: Yes, sir. Kevin, you know, you talk about the NIL, like just say for Devo Davis, uh, there's speculation on what he's making. So, do you know what the G League or the De- Developmental League for the NBA makes? Because it would be more enticing to stay in school and get that money just for, I'm just strictly on Devo. Is it not more enticing to come back to school and get that type of money in the NIL instead of going to G League? Because you know he's not going to be on the starting roster. Yeah, it it, it, it it may and it may not. It depends on where that player is. And a lot you hear this betting on themselves. It, Randy. Even the G League, Negative. even though it may savage. not be as lucrative. Savage. Um, if if you, if you if you're betting on yourself, you're betting. Okay, I can do what Daryl Macon did a few years ago. I get on a summer league team, prove myself in the summer league. He got a two-way deal, which means he was going to spend some time in the NBA. Because of COVID, they changed the rules on the two-way, and the, and the two-way players could actually play more games than they could before. And then they kind of stayed with the bigger expanded uh, opportunities for, for G League players to play on the parent teams in the NBA. But that's really slotted for those two-way guys. And each team gets two. They're talking about expanding. Kevin, Kevin so hang on. Guys-
0: hold, hold that thought. Oh. We've got, we got to take a break. Kevin, you were right. Maybe at the tail end, as you were talking about uh, G League money and uh, two-way contracts and so forth and so on. So, want to give you a chance to finish that thought before we go back to the phone lines.
1: Yeah. So he's right. The G League Savage is right, and just in general, G League money is not great. But if you can earn a two-way deal, you know you're you're on a scale, and, and you can make. Pretty good money, not not you know not a a league minimum, but you can still make pretty good money depending upon how much time you spend playing with the with the NBA team. And so a lot of these guys bet on themselves. They think, well, the time is right. I've done as much as I can in college, and they want to get. I mean, even even with Eric Mussman's background and and Keith Smart and some of these guys with all these years of NBA, it's just a different game that's played. Some of the rules are different. The shot clock's different. Uh, it's just a different animal, and so it's even with all their NBA experience, they're still coaching to a college game.
0: But Kevin, so at that, some point, I, pardon, pardon me, it. that I, I, that G League year though does not count towards that year. So many are wanting to take uh, the reason why they want to opt out of college is so they can get uh, closer to that next contract. That G League year does not count, does it not?
1: Well, for for players come out of high school, uh, if they leave after their senior year for G League at night, they only have a year to sit out like they would if they went to college. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. I'm talking about, all right, I I signed my first NBA contract for three years, and then I'm playing for that next contract. So let's say I put my name in the draft, just like Devo has his name in the draft. He goes undrafted, but he goes in the G League that year. Does not count towards that first year contract that he would have signed with the NBA.
1: It, it, it's it's funny, Randy, because there's it's a double-edged sword. People that get drafted first round are going to get a guarantee, They're right? Get two years guaranteed with team options after that, right? In the second round, they negotiate those things. Now, a good majority of the second round picks can can negotiate guaranteed money, and they can kind of set the terms on some of those. The teams will have a lot of control too, but for the guys that don't get drafted, look at look at uh, Reeves, Austin Reeves, for the Lakers. These 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 non-guaranteed contracts don't put you, you don't typically don't get in a bind being locked into them, and you, ne- you can actually negotiate sooner the second contract. So if you're good enough and you and you and you you know you prove yourself now, the percentages of guys that are going to do that are not very high. Uh, but but that's why these young men do it. They think they they're gonna be able to you know bridge that gap to where they need to be to make it to the NBA, if it takes a year, two years, three years. But in some ways, Randy, it's better not to have that first contract. Yeah. Have uh, you know most people want the security of it, sure. right? Because there's no guarantees and they may not be good enough to have an NBA career, but they at least got some guarantee money on the front end. And then the guys that are not gonna get deals and not gonna get drafted. It's a gamble anyway, and so if they, if, they, if it pays off for them, they actually end up can get a bigger payday than guys that got drafted ahead of them because of how long those guarantees are locked in. Okay.
0: Interesting. Let's, yeah, let's talk with Lance. Lance, Lance. good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Kevin.
1: I do, and he's reliable. I, keep, I work for seventh bank, and whatever he says, you can take it to the bank. That's what I But <laughs> I watch his pick trail nation stuff every time it comes on. And I appreciate the work that he does. He's good at it. Um, Thank you. i must want to ask you. In between Musa's ears, it seems to be because you know he knows makes next move most of the time. Is he gonna take a big? Is he gonna take a guard, or is he just gonna take the best available? Okay, so I, I heard most of that. I think he's asking what position player with the yeah. next would it be? A, yeah.
0: Would it be a guard? Would it be a big? A big or best available.
1: They've really been looking at bigs, and I, there's just not enough of them uh, to, that can bring to the table what they're looking for. And I think with Brazil coming back, with Graham, with with Mackay, I believe that Mackay's in the fold for Arkansas unless something drastically changes. Um, and so I think you might see another 3-4 versatile type, uh, that 6-6, that 6-7, six, 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 that can play a small ball four, can play on the wing. I think Jeremiah Davenport helps answer that with a Jordan Walsh if he decides to stay in the draft. Uh, but I think they may look to add someone else, another player like that. If you think about it, guys, they only had they had four guys last year, six nine or taller. Uh, then you had Kamani Johnson at six seven. So five front-line guys there. And then we'll call Jordan Walsh that 3-4 combo. So that's a six-front-line guy when he plays that small ball four. Right now with Bay Fall coming in and Mikkel Mitchell going out, you, you basically got another six nine or taller. Obviously, uh, falls are pushing six eleven, but you, you know you don't have the college experience or the size in terms of bulk. But you do have a front liner with length and height and athleticism. Uh, but you're getting if you get Brazil and McKay back, really the only art question is, well, how did you replace Kamani? Hello.
0: Yeah. Yes. Listening.
1: Oh, I thought we got disconnected. I heard a weird sound. Uh, I, I thought it beeped. Uh, so you're, you're, how do you replace Kamani? Well, he was a six-seven physical enforcer. You may not get a guy like that, but you might get a six-six-six-seven three-four combo that's a little more versatile. So I think pay attention to that. I don't know that Arkansas is going to end up getting a big out of the portal, and I don't know that that's a bad thing. You don't want to get a big just to get one. It needs to make sense, and if, and if it helps your roster, and let's say they don't, again, Brazil, fall, uh, uh but uh, Mitchell and Jalen Graham, you still have four six-nine or taller like you did last year, but you may have two of those three, four combos where you only had one last year in Walsh and then Kamadi in that other front line spot. So it really may not re- look a whole lot different than it did a year ago in terms of size, length, and the numbers on the front line. You know, it may just be a little bit more versatility there. I say all that to say I do think it may be more likely that it's going to be a 3-4 combo type unless something really turns around with one of the bigs they were looking at, or if they decide to take a big who won't be immediately eligible and they could sit out a year and be ready when some of these other guys do move next year who we think are coming back, and obviously Brazil, Graham, and Mitchell. All
0: right, Kevin, we got less than a minute, so I'm going to try to squeeze this one in. Uh, Doug says, Kevin, do you see Bayfall having the ability to play meaningful minutes in the Southeastern Conference next year?
1: That, I think he's raw offensively. I think he needs to add strength. And I think if Arkansas brings some of these veteran guys back, like I see that happening, uh, I, I think there'll be spots where he can help. I don't know how meaningful the role will be or how soon it will be if he gets to that point. But we've seen freshmen under mostman over the years, even if it's midseason when we talk about Devo Davis, Jalen Williams, they finally got in the rotation and it stuck and then the team got better. And so you just never know. But I'd say starting out, don't expect it.
0: Perfect timing. Man, he was on point with that answer. I'm glad you had your watch there in front of you. Thank you, Kevin. We will talk with you on Friday. Uh it is Kevin McPherson, submitted on his hoops. Good courtesy of Hogville.net. That's it. We are out of time.